Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That's five full weeks on board, uh, Darian. <sighs> kind of hard to comprehend, to be honest. And I've lived every minute of it, so I don't know what you feel like. Yeah, five weeks, and I haven't um, moved more than um, probably two meters squared. Um, although I've moved 1,500 miles. Day one, <sighs> tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in. Doesn't matter, just keep driving forward. Day five, uh, our five days done. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted. Day actually. 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in and, um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown and welcome to Deep Roots. take you back to a favorite moment of mine during a race called the Marathon des Sables which is a ultra marathon through the Sahara Desert self-supported so what does that mean it means you just carry everything on your own back you need for the six-day event and during that event there is a double marathon day 84.4 kilometers now unless you are a local and um, a world-class ultra marathon runner 
you end up running through the night. Or in my case, you end up walking through the night, trekking through the night, stumbling through the night. Soft sand is the enemy of a big man. Flat, soft sand at night is the nemesis, or was my nemesis. Why? Because it is impossible to get any force production. Firstly, you don't really see where you're placing your feet. And secondly, when the minute you press into the ground, um, your foot goes from under you because of the texture and the consistency of the sand. Anyway, I had had hours of this and I was coming over the brow of a dune. And dunes weren't too bad because um, there was kind of large footprints nearly that you could like nearly jam your toe into the front of them so you were kind of into the harder part of the the dune, the sand and get some um, stable surface to kind of bias off and push off so I didn't mind dunes but I was coming up after this log through the night and I was coming up to the top of the dune and when I got there it just opened up like it was like you were on top of a a, a mountain and all and what I was looking down on was the trail of kind of runners that were ahead of me all of them with this glow stick attached to their rucksack so it was like snaking through the darkness of the dunes below and above them was just just panorama of stars like more stars than you could ever imagine that is until you row an ocean and then you can multiply that many stars by 10 and during these uh, dog days of summer as I call them which continue through this period, I called them in the last episode, those hot days led to these beautiful clear nights. And when the sky was clear, it was magical. It was something out of a fairy tale, just out of a fantasy. It was just the most beautiful thing. It was just, Billions and trillions of white dots in the sky and what do they call those things? Shooting stars. Um, it was and they were like, they were, they were common. They were like regular. They were happening all the time and it was just so easy to roll. I mean... You're just looking up at this 180 degrees, this kind of almost dome, you know, it, it, it came out of the horizon. There was stars as low as the horizon and they rose into the, um, above your head and everywhere, every direction you looked, it was just full of them and just 
dense and then a little bit less dense and then like this intensity of stars and these pockets and it was just beautiful it was so 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 beautiful um and there was a compliment to that believe it or not there was something that made it even more special I didn't recognize what this thing was for quite a while and it was only after a quite a bit of internal conversation that I actually fell on this answer I noticed a shimmer almost like a layer on top of the water at night like a really kind of thin it's there it's not there layer that kind of shimmered I really kind of because I had some issues with my eyes earlier on and you know I was late and after long days I kind of I questioned was I even seeing this like was it some sort of trick of the eye or an illusion or something but then one day I caught a, a shimmer a glitter a a momentary um, a momentary look added on deck as some water splashed on from the oar or from whatever and what I was seeing was or sort of the penny dropped in the, what I had been seeing was the bioluminescence the kind of greeny blue shimmer or flicker or layer or I don't know how to describe it that sits on top of the water and kind of glitters so I had that to admire along with a billion trillion stars in the sky and shooting stars Um, those nights were really 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 magical Welcome back to episode 13 of Deep Roots and the story of my solo and unsupported row across the Atlantic. And welcome to day 32. Have a listen. Day 32, done and dusted. Sun is shining. Mood is good. Spirits are good. Spirits are high. Um... Can't say the same for yesterday, but today is really good. Um, I suppose I probably processed a few things from yesterday. Um, there was a lot of discomfort yesterday in uh, my hands and um, in my uh, in my arse. Um, a load of kind of sores or welts or boils or something, um, which aren't too pleasant to sit on for you know ten to twelve hours a day, ten hours a day. And um, yeah, because I'm steering with the oars, I probably said this before, but my, uh, you know, my, uh, I'm squeezing the grip the whole time. So uh, my hands, especially my fingers and the knuckles are really starting to take a hit. So I actually had to take a bit of pain med uh, last night because uh, um, they seize up at night time basically. And uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, you might grab, you know, during the night or something, and it's, 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 it's particularly painful. So, uh, but um, I've been thinking a lot about the mental challenge, and, you know, because the conditions haven't been so challenging for about two weeks, um, 
and uh, you know nothing major has happened with the boat or you know with my body I, I think you're always going to like on an expedition like this which is a real uh, long duration thing you're always going to find some sort of battle um, you know and uh, at some level and at the moment it's a real low level with my hands and my arse but like if for example there was something big happened like I lost another oar or something I'd soon enough forget about those two things so you know it's it really psychological you know and uh, I don't know if we're programmed just to find something um, over you know a long period of time like this um, but uh, you know some of the processes I use um, are like resets and visualization and um, perspective um, really help a lot with like kind of getting you back into a good space and, and, and uh, strong mindset um, I might go into more depth on them in the future um, because they're really applicable to uh, to all parts of life um, yeah word of note uh, no, uh, what would you say um, a uh, honourable mention to Mark Slats um, Mark crossed in maybe under 31 days I think I, I don't know I just know my brother was saying there one stage a few days or so ago that he had an hour left so um, I, I don't I'm <laughs> in completely in awe I don't know how he's done it I don't know um, how one man was up there with all those four man boats and, and not far away and he must, he must have just rode for 18 hours a day and I don't know how he did that because it kills me to do 9 or 10 hours or 12 hours so uh, mate I just think you're phenomenal um, congratulations uh, I presume that's uh, the world record absolutely annihilated so uh, yeah fair play uh, legend man and um, yeah, I look forward to catching up man and, and sharing a beer with you and hearing all about it and, um, I'm sure there's a few stories in there. Um, what else? Uh, I was up early this morning, uh, just churning away, you know, grinding away in the oars again, the usual story. Um, and uh, the, the morning was beautiful. I was up around six, so it was a real starry night. It was, you know, those are the, those are the kind of things that um, you, know, you, you can't buy, obviously. Um, what you get with an expedition like this uh, and the memories you're able to kind of uh, um, make or forge or whatever you want to say so um, you know as far as the eye can see either direction you know just stars 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 so um, it makes rowing very very easy when it's like that I must say um, that's about it for day 32 plowing into day 33 um, yeah real real good place real good place Hopefully it stays like that, but you know, history would say it won't. <laughs> Joining the stars and the bioluminescence, there was one other remarkable thing, man-made, uh, instead of uh, the wonders of nature, but still a, a wonder of human engineering, which was the International Space Station. I remember the first night I saw it, I thought it was a shooting star, and then... I realized it was continuing its course and to be honest I didn't know what it was then after that I was kind of perplexed every time I'd see it in the evening sky or in the night sky uh, for a few nights and then I was just like one day the penny dropped and I was like oh, fuck me that's the International Space Station uh, circling the earth I think it takes I 
think it takes three hours to circle the earth i could be wrong it's something else to say in 90 minutes but um yeah um it was kind of this uh, what would look like a shooting star in fairness but obviously the the trajectory of it was much longer than a, a star petering out quickly and it was always in the same space in the sky kind of my uh, what would I say? How would I describe that? My high and my right hand side around two o'clock. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool thing to kind of witness that um, going about its its rotations of the Earth. I never had that beer with Mark Slats that I hope to have. Um, so there was five solos in this race. And there was Mark, there was a guy Oliver Crane, there was myself, there was a guy, um, Oliver was a young guy from America, he was only 19, believe it or not. And then there was uh, Sam Oham from Finland, and then there was, um, what was his name? A guy, an ex-Marine from the UK, he had a nickname. Ah, Jesus, I forget it now. Anyway, sorry about that, it's not coming to me now. Um, uh, Dave was his first name, but that wasn't his nickname, obviously. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so five of us took off. Uh, Sam and Dave didn't obviously make it past day two and day three. Um, and Mark just was a, a phenom. Like, I don't know how... He ended up fourth in the race, uh, just fourth, like he's a solo. He, he beat a lot of four-man boats, which, you know, have two men rowing at all times. He beat um, all the three-mans, uh, all the pairs, and obviously he, he won the solo class. So, um, you know, as I said in that video, I have little to no <laughs> understanding of how he did it. You know, he was literally going twice as fast as me, and I was, you know churning away I wasn't putting in the time I hoped I would or thought I would um, but you know even if I had been doing that I wouldn't have been with an arse's roar of him um, I would say even if I had the exact same setup as him the same boat uh, same weather conditions I um, I would have struggled to and I actually know, I can say definitively, I know I would not have been anywhere near a meter like because, you know, he he was rowing um, 18 hours a day, 16, 18, 20 hours a day towards the end. I just didn't have that in me. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's an incredible, incredible, incredible feat of uh, human endurance to be able to do that for 31 days and you know he smashed a guy called Charlie Pritchard's world record by four days and he had a, a boat that would have been less inclined to the advantages of the winds than Charlie's you know so it makes it even more impressive now he did have a boat that was very smartly set up and very um, different to mine in terms of it was carbon fiber. It had a rounded bottom um, and it had, well, it was still a pure class boat technically, but uh, he had these huge oars um, and 
uh, like three meter oars I think these huge heads on them and he had lots of it the boat was light obviously and he made it light stripped everything out and then he had lots of solar on there as well um, for his um, auto helm you know, so he didn't have any issues there. But like, as I said, I'm not taking anything away from him here. I, I'm nothing but respect, nothing but admiration for what he did. Uh, and I know well that given everything he had and put me in his exact same setup position, um, I would not have done that. So uh, well, I would not have done what he did. Um, so it was, it was pretty amazing. And Mark's gone on to do... Um, Amazing thing since that, he competed in the Golden Globe uh, race, which is a sailing around the world non-stop uh, sailing race. But the difference about the Golden Globe is um, you can't have any technology since after 1969, I think is the date. So like there's no modern technologies, no GPS, there's no sat-nav, there's no AIS. You are navigating using a sextant. Um, <laughs> and uh, he came second in that race. I think it took him somewhere, it was less than a year anyway. It was somewhere in the 300s, I think 300 odd days. Um, and I believe that year, like something, I followed it and I, if I remember correctly, about 15, 16, 17 boats started and only three finished. French guy won it and Mark was second and there was a guy a long way behind Mark. It was a really good race on for first between the Frenchie, the, um, I can't remember his name, and Mark. Uh, and Mark is competing in this year's Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge again, but now in a pair with a, a fellow countryman, uh, Mark is from the Netherlands, so another Dutch guy, and uh, in a boat he built himself. Um, I'm not sure if the other guy was involved in the building of it, but they are um, competing in the race, and it starts in about, uh, starts December 12th, so any day now. Um so yeah, if you're if you're interested in following that, like if you're following this podcast, you it's a good chance you might be interested in following the Talisker this year. And it's really fun to follow because um, there's an app called um, YB Races, Yellow Brick Races, and uh, it basically just you know gives up to date um, a map and then up to date positioning of all the boats. So you're watching these little dots basically across the screen and I know that sounds mundane and like paint drying but when wait till you do it it's actually quite enthralling um and addictive I know that's what my friend said anyway when I was in it um as I said that was a race and there was many other boats and um there was other Irish contestants in it and in the upcoming video, I, I give them a mention. So here's day 33. Day 33, done and dusted. Um, re possibly my lowest mileage day, I think, in a long time, but um, possibly the most hours I rode in a long time as well. Um, the winds are really non-existent yesterday, so. Um, uh, with that comes low mileage, but actually um, spend a lot more time on the oars because um, well, it's not so wild basically you know um, 
like into the night and that sort of stuff and then up early so uh yeah i only did 36 miles but they were they were hard earned um it was a good day good day despite all that um again no issues sun was shining spirits were good high and um yeah we, we got a little bit closer to the end um not too much interesting happened uh, Chat to my parents last night and my brother, which was good. Good chat there. And um, oh yeah, I suppose in the race context, uh, I know Mark Slats came in with the world record, which uh, you know was just incredible. Congrats, uh, Mark. Uh, but um, uh, home to Port Rush finished uh, at, um, a day and a half ago or so, and I think relentless have finished now as well. So. Um, so I'm the last paddy on the water, <laughs> but uh, no, fair play to both those crews, especially the Relentless boys, uh, top lads, and um, and serious effort lads, fair, fair play to you, uh, look forward to hearing all about it at some stage, probably be back in Ireland at this stage, because um, I have a long, long way to go, and you boys will be, um, you boys will be well home at that stage, but enjoy Antigua, uh, celebrate hard, and um, I'll see you all soon. The last paddy on the water. So there was two other Irish boats that I have not mentioned before. Uh, two four-man boats, uh, Relentless Roars, three guys from Cork and another guy from Dublin, and um, a team called Home from Port Rush. Three guys from Port Rush. Well, two I think, one from Belfast and then another guy from the UK. So uh, they both finished in this period, uh, so it left me as the last paddy on the water, as I said. I had great time for the relentless lads. They were, you know, I, along with Max and Chris, um, they were the guys I kind of hung around with the most. Uh, Max and Chris were the guys from, uh, um, oh, what were they called? Team Tenzing that had that crazy experience on day nine uh, that they were lucky to come back from. Um, I mentioned the TED Talk quite a while ago. Um, Fire and Water, TEDx Talk, check it out. But uh, these guys I hung around with loads. So we go out to the start of the Talisker uh, race two weeks beforehand and you know your boats on cradles for less than a week or so and then it goes in the water and uh you know you have a lot of stuff going on uh, um in terms of organizations and logistics and you're hanging around with each other a lot and then in the evenings there's a great social side to it as well so uh, you know meeting up with other crews going for dinners going to a bar called the blue marlin which is kind of the you know the local um it's the traditional ocean rowers bar but it's a local bar just on the kind of square there near the marina and i palled around with the lads loads so um three of the boys were doctors from cork you had owen farrell um pat Pat second and Pat O'Connor and uh Sean Underwood and then uh Tommy Brown from Dublin uh, so I palled around with them loads and uh yeah just really really good guys so um pretty sure I was contacting them during the race now that I think about it but I don't know if there was much um 
over and back i think a little bit now that i remember but uh um yeah they had what a race they had to come in in 33 days like before that that would have been one of the fastest times ever to cross the atlantic like there was nobody had ever broken 30 days and i think the record was like 32 i'm gonna say so they weren't far off breaking that now we, this was a really fast year so it ended up that about i think they came seventh in the race um you know that about four or five boats broke that old world record um but yeah no like a phenomenal undertaking by the four lads four young guys as well um and uh yeah i uh I think they were pretty miffed that uh, they were pipped into the other Irish crew from the north got ahead of them. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, like that left uh, that left me out there in the the dog days of summer, um, churning along in the the kind of grind and the heat of the day, but like in a really really strong place. This is a this is these are strong days for me you know why i would say because the conditions my mental organization and what i was concentrating on and the tools i had at my disposal and the fact that i was consistent in my behavior in my standards um, and all those things put me in a really good place and every day you know you can tell from the videos my spirits are high I even say that a few times I just I'm I'm, I'm strong and um, and I am working hard and it was the same on day 34 day 34 done and dusted that means that uh, 24 hours from now I'll have been on this boat for five weeks <laughs> even though I've lived every minute of it and I've that's exactly what it is it's living um, it, uh, it's, it's hard to comprehend uh, I haven't seen another human since the um, the support yacht boat um, on day 17 um, that was also the day I lost steering so since that uh, what's that 18 days I've been uh, rowing without a, a way of steering the boat um, yeah, it's, it's a bit fucking mental <laughs> that uh, although you're living it, uh, this is what you see every day basically. Thank you. 
the irony of this whole thing is, I've probably said it a few times in my videos, is that when it's calm like this, um, is when you really roll. <laughs> and when it's uh, crazy, wild, uh, tumultuous, uh, huge swells, um, you don't actually get both oars in or, or your, your image of an Olympic roar that you may have or somebody rowing on a, a river near you or a lake is, uh, is, is, is not really hard the last kind of uh, 48 hours or so for every mile uh, I'm cranking up the hours on the oars and uh, just holding myself to higher standards and uh, um, you know not letting the lack of wind or tiredness or uh, anything um, I refuse to uh, those sort of excuses so um, yeah I'm just Taking it day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, stroke by stroke, and uh, just trying to be as um, control what I can control, which is those strokes and, and my, my position, my body position, and that sort of stuff. So, um, the relentless boys finished yesterday, or yeah, yesterday before lunch. So that would have been what 33 days and something or other. So, uh, legends, man, congrats. Uh, delighted for you. That's a serious time, serious effort, I can only imagine. And, um, uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up back, probably back on the old side at this stage and uh, um, celebrating um, together and, uh, yeah, hearing all the stories and uh, what's next for you. good sun is shining I'm moving forward life is good this is this is living this is as far from existing as it gets so uh, this is exactly where I want to be with my life um, so uh, yeah smile is never too far from my face things like this um, alright I'm gonna uh, crack into day 35 bit of lunch bit of Real termas. You see that? Beef and potato. One of the things I felt I did really well in preparing for the expedition was uh, my choices of food and the variety of stuff I brought. So real termat was mentioned there right at the end. That's a Norwegian um, expedition foods company or um, and it is five star. It is absolutely delicious. It is the kind of, it's the top of the tree when it comes to expedition foods in terms of taste. They have a, a reindeer stew that is phenomenal. Um, the problem with it is it costs about 13 quid per um, meal. So you might as well be going to a bloody restaurant. But um, I had, I think, two of them um, during the crossing and they were just, no, they were different, different gravy. All their meals were just absolutely delicious. And I, I brought, like I said, a variety. I think I, I must have brought from about 
I'm going to say seven or eight different countries, or not countries, seven or eight different companies, uh, mostly from the UK, but I even went as far as getting a mate of mine in New York to get some mountain house stuff because I couldn't, can't get mountain house in Europe, like they don't deliver directly, so... I ordered from them and they got in to send it to him in New York and as he sent it to me in Ireland and then I got from Real Termat in Norway and I think I found some other Real Termat somewhere in the in the depths of the internet and I got Lido and I got um was it Real Camp Foods and I got look, my the, the my kind of the majority of my food was from Expedition Foods because they do these big one thousand calorie meals breakfast lunches and obviously well lunch or dinners and um absolutely loved their carbonara uh and their breakfast as well and it was a mountain house breakfast that was really nice like you know for dehydrated foods and you know the standard of some of that stuff is is really good and it's improving year on year the only mistake i made around the whole food type of things was my um, forgetting to bring some condiments like salt and pepper and uh, you know hot sauce or any sort of that's what I would have brought but yeah it was on my list and there's just so much going on towards the end um, in preparation that it kind of got got forgotten um, but you know a bit of hot sauce would have been seriously appreciated later on in this uh, yeah, so that was a lunchtime when I made that video, which is common enough because as I said before in my days, the way I counted them start to finish was 1pm from 1pm. So I'd stop at 1 and then take an hour's break, uh, have lunch and make a video. And then I get back on the oars, like my, my daily routine at this point was back on the oars from 2 to 4. Then I would take a break from 4 to 5 for an hour because that was the hottest part of the day I felt and it was good to get out of the sun and I'd actually get a bit of a nap in there even for 15 minutes 30 minutes and then back out again five to seven and then from seven to kind of half seven quarter to eight I would um I don't know from seven to eight that was a fixed one hour block I would um uh, eat dinner and again go into the cabin Often that was the time where I would send text messages back and forward and make a few phone calls, talk to people at home and then out again from 8 to 10 and then I'd take a 15 minute break, 20 minute break to 10, 20 and then I'd kind of call it then after that. Like I sorry, I, I, you know, the plan was to roll to midnight, but uh it would depend on many factors like the weather conditions, the sea state, the wind, but mostly the moon, if the moon was out. If the moon wasn't out, then I wouldn't last very long, as I talked about before. And then I'd sleep from midnight and back up at six. And then from six to seven, that was kind of preparation time, breakfast, get clothes, get ready for the day. Um, and outside breakfast would be like, I'd have a shake straight away with like some protein, with some carbohydrates, um, fast relief carbohydrates and some creatine um, that I had in all my snack packs. And then I would actually rehydrate a breakfast as well. I might eat it then, or I might leave it. And if I left it, I would row then from seven to nine, and then I'd eat it for about I think I used to take half an hour then so nine to half nine and then from half nine I would row to 12 
so a big block there of two and a half hours and that was when I tried to get my most mileage done normally kind of in that morning period from 7 to 12 um, not, didn't always work out like that but roughly that was my day schedule and I was disciplined around that I was consistent and that was giving me strength another thing that was consistent of course was the weather it was hot it was sunny every day and I absolutely loved it it was so welcome every morning I used to watch at about 2 o'clock on a clock face I'd be watching waiting for those first kind of rays to break on the horizon or behind the clouds and see that kind of well the first thing you'd see is the darkness light lightening you know becoming less more of a gray less of a black and sooner or later obviously that would change and you'd start to see the um the lightness and the rays rise and your heart would rise with that because then you you knew that uh, heat was on its way into your bones you know not that you were cold but it was just a, it was it was energy giving it was it infused you with like health i want to say and strength when it finally came and hit your skin and uh, you know you'd you'd follow that kind of or you'd feel the arc of the sun and the position of the sun then on your skin throughout the day you know 12 o'clock obviously be at its highest and it'd be kind of hitting you halfway um down your head um kind of splitting you down your shoulder and then later on in the day you'd feel it on your back and you'd feel some of the heat go out of it until eventually it would disappear um into the into the west uh, where you were headed which was always a nice directional marker as well and when the sun went down it popped back up again on day 35 have a listen Day 35 is now done and dusted and in the history books. Um, that's five full weeks on board uh, Darien. Um, kind of hard to comprehend, to be honest. And I've lived every minute of it, so I don't know what you feel like. Um, yeah, five weeks and I haven't um, moved more than um, probably two meters squared um, although I've moved 1500 miles um, 1500 nautical miles from where we started five weeks ago so um, strange one uh, life is good though the sun is shining uh, really shining um, and um, I'm slowly making my way across uh, there's no there's been no wind now for a couple of days and even before that it was it was really settling down so um, that means you have to work really hard for your mileage um, because uh, for example yesterday or the day just gone I think I did 42 miles but I would say um, apart from about eight of those which came while I was um, resting overnight um, 
you know the rest of them were were really hard work really concentrating on getting the most out of each uh each stroke and uh process involved in the stroke and your your position um and uh just trying to be as efficiently powerful as possible um to you know get there as quickly as possible but that being said and done it's it's real slow work you know there's there's weeks weeks ahead of me so uh um but all i can do is control the moment you know so uh, forget about what's to come and just try and um control the controllables and uh that is the position and the, the stroke basically and the effort involved so uh that's what i'm trying to do and time passes a bit quicker when you when you um when you do that but uh listen yeah all good wouldn't want to be anywhere else at the moment uh put a lot of work in to get here and um the last five weeks have been a lot of work and effort and um it seems seems so long ago now some of the stuff i went through but uh um yeah we're you know we're grinding trucking plodding along whatever way you want to put it and uh and uh, loving loving the experience you know uh this is uh this is as far from existing as as there is this is this is living life to the fullest and you know that's what i want to be about so um yeah no complaints here cheers 588 days that was the period of time between the day i fully committed the day i paid my deposit in the race and the day I pushed away from the dock that was 19 and a bit months and fuck me did I work hard like I mean I put every cell of my body into making this happen you know even looking back now I'm not you know I'm not even sure what that meant or what that means or what that looks like or what that entails you know of course I've got the big things like the the website and um, the funding and the sponsorship and then the charity side and the training so you've got those three big elements but like all of them had so much to be put into them um and you know it was it was hard it was difficult it was a lot of rejection there was a lot of not even rejection just a lot of um what's the word I want to say ignoring me being ignored you know by people you were trying to um, uh, bring on board as sponsors or try to even connect with to the hope that they might come on board as a sponsor or a partner in the thing so there was um, yeah there was so much work there it was and to be now in the middle of it and to have made it happen and to be uh, in this strong place and, and loving the experience, um, refusing to let any of the um, challenges, any of the discomfort or difficulties of the an ocean row at this point uh, take away from that and to really profit from it and take be taking it all in and to be you know present and trying to absorb what it works so hard to make these are really special days these dog days of summer dog days of rowing the atlantic 
So that's it for this week, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. It is sincerely appreciated. Um, wherever you're listening to this, if you could uh, rate, subscribe, follow, like, share, uh, all that, um, it would be uh, greatly appreciated. And it doesn't take too much time or effort. I'm sure I'm not asking too much of you there. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to get them to me. We should have another Q&A um, coming up pretty soon. Um, and I will add them to that. And another way you can support the show is on Patreon. So if you feel that uh, there's something in this show that its message um, should continue to be uh, produced if it brings value to you and it's going to bring value to a wider community if there is um, something telling you this is a worthwhile endeavor um, well then maybe that's something you would like to do for the price of uh coffee an overpriced coffee uh, for three euro um, you will be supporting me supporting the production of the show and its continued kind of um, production and um, aspirations and intentions for future big stuff and it'd be pretty sound yeah that'd be cool enough thing for you to do if you ask me and you get um for that not just the feel good factor we also get the um, some behind the scenes content you get the episode reflection and you get a um access to a monthly q a where you know you can come on screen and ask questions um or just tune in and listen to them um or type them whatever you want to do so that's it for this week, folks. Um, as always, keep striving for more from yourself. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 